Welcome everybody, this is Tap Out Talk. And I want to talk to you before the era of acknowledging and the era of tribal chiefs, we had simply lived with one motto, wreck everyone and leave. And little did we know that this night, WWE Payback in 2020 would lead to the beginning of history. Join me tonight as we revisit the one pay-per-view that started it all, WWE Payback, the rise of Roman Reigns, here on Tap Out Talk. Let's get in. All right, guys, welcome to the show, and WWE Payback 2020, like I said, it was an era of the Superdome, right? It was the era of, you know, fans not being in attendance. We don't want to go back to that, even though the WWE was starting to hit their stride with WWE Payback here. And little did we know that this night would lead to history. But we're going to go ahead and start off, and we're going to recap all the results and thoughts here on Tap Out Talk. And let's begin with the first match. We've got the famous Apollo Crews as the United States champion taking on the almighty Bobby Lashley. As we see, the beginning of the Hurt Business start to take effect. So the bell rings, they lock up. Lashley powers him to the corner and takes him down with a waist lock. Apollo Crews fights up, but Lashley slams him down again. Crews hooks with a side headlock, but Lashley whips him off the ropes and shoulder blocks him down. Lashley talks some trash, but Crews drop kicks him back. Lashley knees him in the midsection and shoves him into the corner. They go about, and I want to mention in this matchup, we did have a lot of help for Lashley in the corner. We had Shelton Benjamin and Montavious Bonte Porter, MVP. So then we also had, they get into Cruz's face, and they kind of cause a distraction a little bit at ringside. But as the guys continue in the matchup, you know, the distraction's over, and Lashley hits a one-handed slam on the top rope. Cruz falls to the floor. Lashley picks up Cruz, drove him headfirst into the pole, and they're going back and forth and back and forth, and Lashley quickly knees him with a destroyer for a near fall. Lashley charges Cruz, but he sidesteps him, and Paulo Cruz then kicks him in the back and hits a diving crossbody block. Both men are down. Cruz starts hitting him with some clotheslines, but Lashley cuts him off. Cruz quickly takes him down and goes for a military press, but Lashley gets out. Cruz hits a pair of German suplexes, a one and two, and then goes to the top rope. Cruz hits the frog splash for a near fall. Cruz shoulders him, but Lashley elbows him with a one-arm spine buster. Lashley applies the full Nelson for the submission as Apollo Cruz is done. And Bobby Lashley wins by submission in this matchup and becomes your new WWE United States Champion with the Hurt Lock, which would be known as later. So, post-match though, we do get a little bit more action. We actually, um, MVP pulls a cameraman over and has him actually start taking snapshots, just like you see here in this iconic moment of Bobby Lashley becoming United States Champion and head of the Hurt Business, the CEO if you will. And they start snapping shots, and then all of a sudden, Apollo Crews attacks him from behind. And he angrily walks off, vowing to get back that United States Championship. But something that Bobby Lashley wouldn't have in the future. 
this was a good little uh, power match to open up the show um, between, you know, I think the styles mixed very well with the powerful Bobby Lashley, who has some technical ability, along with Apollo Crews. I always felt Apollo Crews was one of those underrated guys in the WWE. I felt like um, he was called up from NXT way too early and a problem that would be rectified in the coming years as they would take him back to NXT to work with some younger talent. And I honestly feel like it gave him a break from the main roster a little bit. Um, I always liked his work, but I always felt like he was called up way too early before his time. And it's never good when you rush these things. But regardless, great opening match. And so far, Payback is looking like it was a pretty good pay-per-view. And I'm going to use that term pay-per-view. There were no PLEs then. But pay-per-view in which, you know, we did get... You know, especially with the WWE finding their stride with, you know, not having a crowd present, but having the Thunderdome, right? And then ultimately getting in there and, you know, getting some audience noises and doing things to make the show enhance. And it really made me appreciate. So backstage segment coming up next, we actually get a flashback from when Roman Reigns showed up at the previous pay-per-view just a week or so ago at SummerSlam, in which Reigns had his shirt, wreck everyone and leave. And a replay is shown of SmackDown in the weeks building up to this match of the main event tonight. The replay is shown of Roman Reigns joining forces with Paul Heyman for the very beginning. And he uses Roman's infamous lines, believe that. We then get Kayla Braxton, who catches up with Paul Heyman backstage briefly. She asks about Roman Reigns not signing the contract for tonight, which would just make it the Fiend versus Braun Strowman and not a triple threat match. But he still has the contract and has not turned it back in, something we'd see play out later. She asks if she can talk to Roman, and Paul Heyman simply gives no, and it goes away. We then get another backstage segment, and I forgot, this was um, Keith Lee with JBL backstage, and uh, Keith Lee's warming up for his match with Randy Orton on this night, and they had a small feud there. And when JBL walks up to him, JBL says there's a lot of pressure, and so he invites him in on some hedge funds. It's a big match. If he loses, that's okay. So a little bit of uh, using the legends to help tell and further the story. And he talks, JBL talks about Randy Orton and how he is a legend and a legend killer. Um, and then we have Keith Lee was really kind of being pushed at this moment in time too. So I kind of seen a trend with payback um, and being kind of a pushing the younger guys pay-per-view. We also then get, speaking of pushes, we get another backstage segment of a replay of The Miz and um, shown with this confrontation with Big E, or Big E Langston, right, on Talking Smack. And Big E saying that, you know, they're going to start kind of taking him serious. And you could feel them, WWE, turning the tide with Big E as well. So right now I'm looking and I see Lashley, I see Keith Lee, and I see Big E all heading for big WWE pushes here. So, next matchup is, in fact, Big E versus Sheamus. And Sheamus always seems to be the fellow main eventer that actually has kind of helped put over the newer guys and get them up. And even currently, even with, you know, his matches with Gunther, Drew McIntyre, etc. So, they get it, you know, going and they get into a stiff lockup and Big E goes for a waist lock. But Big E then flips Sheamus over and they talk a little trash. Sheamus hooks the headlock and hits a headlock takeover. Big E fights up and it takes him down. Sheamus attacks him and it hits the 10 beats of Bogdan. And then on Big E's and his chest is, you know, just feeling it. 
Biggie takes him down and goes for a big splash on the apron, but Sheamus moves. Sheamus stomps away at him and hits the ring and hits the knee breaker. Sheamus starts working on the knee, but Biggie fights up. Sheamus hits the Irish curse backbreaker for a one and a two. Biggie fights back with some belly to belly suplexes and slams him down for a near fall. Biggie slaps him and feeling his into his leg and then Sheamus gets on the apron and hits Biggie right in the face. Sheamus hits a slingshot battering ram. Sheamus catches him with the Alabama slam for a near fall. Biggie and Sheamus punch at each other and locks on an Irish cloverleaf. Biggie gets to the apron. Biggie fights back, 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 and knocks Sheamus to the floor. Sheamus gets on the apron, but Biggie hits the spear right off of the apron, right between the ropes, as you see that big man do. Man, do I miss seeing Biggie in action. Hope he you know, is recovering really well and does good. But ultimately, Sheamus then sets up for the brogue kick, but Biggie counters right into a power bomb. And Biggie connects with the big ending for the win. The one, the two, and the three. There's a Big E winner by pinfall in this matchup. And in the post matchup, again, a lot of different ways to tell the stories, right? We've had uh, tonight some pitcher and pitcher interviews and interactions and their thoughts on the match. We got that before in this Sheamus one. But ultimately, Big E goes over to, um, gets out of the ring and goes over to Corey Graves and gets in his face. And Biggie asks if he can feel him now. And Biggie is getting fired up and he almost kind of rattles Graves a little. And you can just feel the power of positivity flowing through Biggie Langston. So we go on to another backstage segment because we got to tell stories, right? So we got Elisa Ashton was the uh, backstage interviewer, I believe. And uh, she was backstage with Matt Riddle. And Riddle, again, was another one that was kind of starting out his career. And she asked about his first pay-per-view match ever and said um, Riddle says King Corbin is afraid of the King of Bros and is going to take his crown he's going to run all over King Corbin she asked about Corbin saying Riddle is a failure Riddle doesn't say a word and he just walks off so there was a good line about um in this matchup where Baron Corbin made a comment in the build-up that Riddle was a failure in his home in his house in addition to his career and this kind of blurred the lines a little bit with um, some relationship issues that Riddle had at the time. So then after this, we do get Shayna Baszler warming up backstage. And Nia Jax walks up to her. And they're going to be going for the women's tag team titles on tonight's pay-per-view. And then ultimately, Jax, um, you know, just kind of agrees they don't like each other. And they shove each other a bit. Then they calm down. And Baylor says that they should just kill the pre-match chit-chat. How are these two going to coexist? That's the story here. Let's move on. We do get the Matt Riddle match next with King Corbin. So this match really kind of both guys make their entry. And this um, King Corbin moniker was the King of the Ring, um, current King of the Ring winner in Corbin. So they were giving him that style, more of a Game of Thrones type King of the Ring style. But Corbin clotheslines him down while Riddle is making his entrance right away. Just boom, right? The bell rings and Corbin takes him down before stomping away at him. And Corbin knocks him out of the ring and continues to attack him. Corbin gets him in the ring and applies a chin lock. Riddle fights up, but Corbin kicks him down and Riddle jumps on him. Goes for a Kimura lock, right? So there you go, showing those MMA skills, Matt Riddle. But then Corbin fights out and Riddle comes back. And then basically they just go back and forth in this one. And then ultimately Corbin fights up and tosses him off and Riddle whips into the corner, but Corbin drops down. There's Corbin punches him down and then gets in the referee's face and Riddle fights back, but Corbin 
again gets into later a reverse chin lock. So these two are just kind of going back and forth in a pretty decent paced match. It wasn't actually, you know, overly horrible. But, you know, fast forward a little bit in this thing and we get Corbin who um, basically puts Riddle into the corner and onto the top rope. Riddle kicks him back in the leaps, but Corbin connects with a deep six for a near fall. Corbin punches away, but Riddle applies a triangle choke. Again, showing off the MMA skill set, right? We got a bro that can go. So then we got Corbin quickly powers up, and but Riddle knees him in the right in the back and then hits the bro to sleep. Riddle goes for the top rope with the flying bro for the one, the two, and the three. And Matt Riddle is your winner tonight. So we're seeing the rise of the younger era in 2020. And I feel like the WWE was taking this era as a chance to build newer stars since the audience and numbers were down a little bit. But ultimately, Matt Riddle was interviewed post-match backstage again by Elisa Ashton. But Corbin attacks him from behind. And officials pull Corbin off. And Corbin's just fired up. So, you know, you feel like this match is going to you know, continue later in the feud. Up next, we do have the Women's Tag Team Championship match. Sasha Banks and Bayley. It's been a while since we've seen Sasha, right? Uh, Mercedes Monet now, we find out that she would leave the WWE. But this matchup um, was the odd pairing between Baszler and Jax, right? And so, what we get is Sasha Banks and Shayna Baszler starting the match. Banks gets the better of her. But Baszler kicks her away, and Banks quickly jumps on her, but Baszler throws her off. So we're getting a little bit of a back and forth, and we get, like, you know, another spot with the three amigos, but Baszler gets out. Bailey comes in, and then they um, kind of mess up a little bit of the timing on a double team slam. Jax gets involved, so Banks jumps on her at ringside, and Jax slings Banks into the barricade, and they get in the ring and avalanches Bailey. Bailey slaps Jax and hits Baszler. Banks tags in and hits a meteorora. Banks hits a running drop kick into the corner. So back and forth, we got, you know, this tag action. And they're tagging each other in, and they're really trying to put each other over, right? And then we're thinking, okay, you're not taking these titles off of Bailey and Banks, right? Wrong. So what happens is later on, we get Baszler, who goes for a, a death lock on Banks and applies a clutch on Bailey. Banks goes and rakes for the eye, but Baszler uses Banks' arm to choke out Bailey as Bailey taps out. So it's basically Bailey being choked out by Shayna Baszler, but she's using Sasha Banks' own arm to choke out Bailey as she has her in a uh, like a rear naked choke, but using the other person's arm. And so all, you know that actually causes Shayna and Nia Jax to win via submission. So then in the post-match, we do get Charlie Caruso um, gets in the ring to interview the new champions. Jax gets pumped almost a little over the top, and she's jumping up and down and excited like she just won the World Cup. But Jax gets pumped, and she says they've won. Baszler says they're not best friends, but they are champions. They celebrate while Banks and Bailey just look really sad and defeated on the outside. Hey, guys, I also want to say, if you're on the outside and want to get on the inside of the IWC, check us out at fansofprowrestling.com with me and the stablemates over there as we kind of go through and we just week-to-week -week talk wrestling on Twitter, right? So you can follow me at Amkins. But again, let's get back into the payback. 
pay-per-view review. So, up next we get Keith Lee taking on Randy Orton. Now, this was a time where the WWE called up Keith Lee and, you know, there was a pretty good sized push that was going to happen until a big bear claw attack seemed to happen on Keith Lee's career. Bear claw Keith Lee, right? So, uh, he debuted from NXT coming in strong, but he was having a great feud with winning his debut match on Randy Orton. But we get the bell ringing in this one, right? And then we have, they just circle around. Orton hooks the side of the head, cinches it in. Lee whips him off. Orton goes for a shoulder block, but Lee doesn't budge. Lee connects with a crossbody block, and Orton rolls out of the ring. Orton is just upset, and Orton gets in the ring and chops him up. Lee doesn't feel the chops really at all, and he gets angry, and Lee hits the Grizzly Magnum. Orton quickly comes back by sending him shoulder first into the ring post. Orton goes to the outside and gives Lee a back suplex on the commentary table for good measure. And then Lee gets in the ring and Orton takes him down and drops a knee. Orton cinches in a chin lock. Lee is struggling. Lee fights to get up, but he gets out and he sends Orton into the ring with the pounce. Lee goes on the outside and gives Orton a back suplex again on the commentary table. Lee puts... Orton in the ring. Orton immediately catches him with a hanging DDT. Orton drops down and starts to stalk him for the RKO, but Lee counters it into the spirit bomb for the one, the two, and the three by pinfall. Keith Lee looking down on a damaged Randy Orton. Good fun match. Randy Orton knows how to work, and he knows how to work with anyone. I, you know, and uh, you always appreciate Randy Orton. You know, it's the old adage of how can I miss you if you don't go away? And whenever Randy Orton goes away, he seems to just come back and you shine in his light a little bit brighter. So um, Keith Lee at the time, you know, had a lot of comparisons of a Bam Bam Bigelow style wrestler, like a big agile guy that can do moonsaults and actually, you know, go pretty decently in the ring. And uh, it's a shame that, you know, this push was really seeming strong and then it just kind of disintegrated right in front of us. And, you know, he would go on to leave the promotion into AEW and kind of just get stuck in the mid-card in the tag team scene. But not a bad showing from Lee, and I think Orton really brought out some of the potential that he did have in this one. And next we've got a tag match again. We've got, uh-oh, Ray and Dominic Mysterio versus Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. Now, funny thing about this one is, many years later, we would get Buddy Murphy, who was dating Rhea Ripley while um, in AEW, and then you actually get uh, Max Castor from The Acclaimed hitting a very fun um, freestyle diss on Dominic Mysterio, who ends up becoming a heel and involved on a TV screen storyline with Rhea. Um, if you guys want, I can link that right up here. It's a quick short. You can click on that and just get a good laugh. But the bell rings for this one. Dominic Mysterio attacks Seth Rollins immediately. And Murphy attacks Dominic. But Dominic hits Murphy with an apron. 619. Rollins quickly grabs Murphy and tells him to calm down. Rollins tags in. Applies a side headlock. Dominic whips him off. And Rollins cuts him off overall. So these guys are kind of going back and forth. And what I like about this matchup is they all have a pretty fast-paced style, technical style, but they can also blend with the Luchador style of the Mysterios. 
Um, Dominique was still kind of getting his feet wet in this one and learning the ropes, so to speak, right? Um, you know, he was a little early in his career um, before we would find out years later um, of him fighting his father at WrestleMania 39. But continuing in this matchup, Dominique tags in and comes off the top ropes and then hits a crossbody on Rollins and Murphy. They catch him and Rollins hits the Falcon Arrow for a near fall. Rollins yells at the referee. Rollins angrily stomps away at Dominic. Murphy tags in and hits a suplex on Dominic for a one and a two. Murphy applies the abdominal stretch. Rollins tags in and punches away at Dominic before throwing him out of the ring. So there's just a lot of back and forth matchups. We get some other moves such as some power bombs and a sling blade. And Ray hits a seated senton on Rollins, but Rollins soon catches him with a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker. Always a fun one to see demonstrated in the ring. Um, then a brawl really erupts in the ring, and Rollins um, ends up super kicking Ray, but Ray kicks out of a pin. Rollins then sizes them both up, and you can just tell like he's you know on a go because he's a former WWE champion himself, along with Ray. So Rollins sizes up Ray, but Ray takes him down. Dominic tags in, and Ray puts Murphy into the ropes. Ray hits the lawn dart with a sunset flip. Bomb into the barricade on Rollins. Dominic hits the Murphy with the 619. Booyaka and goes for the top ropes and hits the frog splash for the one, the two, and the three. That's the win in the pinfall. Ray and Dominic Mysterio, father and son combo, take out Rollins and Murphy with Murphy taking the pin. So we then have a post match with Rollins looking disgusted with Murphy and walks off on him. And Ray and Dominic just celebrate in the ring in a nice father-son moment. But now, what you've been waiting for, guys, it's the main event. The triple threat match is what we wanted to see, right? But what we would actually get is Roman not signing the contract up until almost the near end of this matchup. So we start off with The Fiend defending or going to attempt to defend against Braun Strowman for the Universal Championship. Braun Strowman immediately, they both make their entrances. We get a little recap of the Firefly Funhouse with Adam Pierce trying to get everybody's signature. He got everybody but Roman's. Braun Strowman attacks The Fiend during the entrance. Strowman attacks The Fiend um, and hits a running power slam almost for a near fall right away. The Fiend rises up because you know he's impervious to pain. He attacks Strowman, hitting him with a sister Abigail for a near fall. Strowman rolls out of the ring, and The Fiend grabs him, hitting a one-arm slam through the commentary table. It's always the commentary table. The Fiend goes under the ring, and he pulls out a big Looney Tunes-style cartoon mallet that we'd see him use you know, a couple times through his career. But Strowman quickly throws the commentary chair at The Fiend and just chucks at him and kind of ruins those plans. Strowman then slams The Fiend down on the steer steps. Strowman grabs The Fiend and attacks, and The Fiend quickly sends him to the barricade and hits him in the square or in the chest with the mallet. Ouch! And The Fiend bounces Strowman off the steel steps and snaps his neck. The Fiend grabs the top half of the steel steps and runs into Strowman, and The Fiend poses at this point. The Fiend starts punching Strowman up the ramp and then snaps his neck again, and The Fiend pulls him, and Strowman sends him into the LED wall. Strowman then grabs the Fiend, but he fights right back. And the Fiend goes for the sister Abigail on the floor, but Strowman fights out of it. And Strowman then spears the Fiend off the stage through some tables. Strowman gets up and pulls him down to the ring. 
and Strowman gets him in the ring, but The Fiend then just stops him, and The Fiend hits a superplex on Strowman, and the ring crashes and collapse, and the ring is pandemonium gone wild, right? Just completely broken down. The ring posts are down, the ropes are sagging, and then at this point, Roman Reigns' music hits. And remember, at this point in time, it was not the Tribal Chief era. It was the Believe That era. And Roman Reigns was still rocking the shield gear with the shield music. Roman and Paul come walking out. And Reigns signs the contract while he's walking out. He comes to the ring with a steel chair, but then he eventually uh, tosses the chair, realizing how much destruction there is and that he doesn't need it. He's looking smart and like a genius right now. Reigns gets in the ring and covers the Fiend. And the referee runs down. I believe it was uh, Charles Robinson that was knocked out of this one. And then Reigns picks up a near fall. Reigns then covers Strowman, who's also laid out. But he kicks out. So Reigns beats Strowman with the chair for, again for a near fall. And Romans goes after the Fiend. But the Fiend puts him in the mandible claw. And Reigns low blows him. And the Fiend falls out of the ring. Reigns then gets in the ring and spears Strowman for the one, the two, and the three. That's right. He wrecked everyone and he left. Roman Reigns begins his epic thousand plus day WWE Universal Championship reign on this night in 2020 at WWE Payback as Roman takes back the title that he never technically lost. So, lots of pandemonium, like I said, in this one with the ring ropes crashing and the post crashing at the big suplex off the rope spot. But then ultimately, Roman Reigns made the move and the transition to full-blown heel for the first time really in his career. Believe that. So very historic night and little did we know that Roman would go on to have such a long title reign in the modern era. And who knows when that will end? We'll find out. And guys, that is WWE Payback as it comes and draws to a close with Roman as champion with Paul Heyman at his side. Let's get into the final thoughts on this one. All right, so this one, WWE Payback, um, this was like, you know, the in-between pay-per-views, right? Not one of the big fours or the big fives, but... WWE did a good job of putting the card together. And I feel like in the middle of the 2020 pandemic, the WWE at this card was trying to push new talent. And at the same time as trying to hone their skills of not having an audience in the crowd and the luxury. And it really makes you appreciate, you know, we don't want to go back to those days of the pandemic in 2020. We want to have fans in attendance and we want to have that experience of the WWE universe. But what did we get tonight? We got Bobby Lashley defending and defeating um, his Apollo Crews for a submission for the United States Championship. Bobby Lashley would go on to hold that title for a good amount of time and while defining himself as a United States Champion. We also got the emergence of Big E defeating Sheamus and working with a really good match with a fellow main eventer there. And we would see the future of Big E as a WWE Champion. And then we got the rise of Matt Riddle defeating King Corbin. Now, Riddle's rise to fame would detour a little bit slightly due to some personal issues. But we'll see where he goes in the future. As, you know, RK Bro has got to 
sometime have a match, right? Against each other, maybe. And then we have Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler looking like the awkward women's tag team champion. And I think this was the rise of Jackson Baszler, or it was meant to be. And again, that kind of fell through. And then let's not forget about Keith Lee defeating Randy Orton, which I felt like was the one of the bigger pushes of the night. And Ray and Dominic Mysterio doing the father-son combo thing. But ultimately, it was the main event with Roman Reigns winning that WWE Universal Championship. And it's crazy to think that Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman both at this time would never be near a championship opportunity again. And they would never hold those titles again to this date. So ultimately, you know, Roman Reigns would hold on and not only this title, but merge this title and the WWE Championships. And who would have ever thought that would have grown and started at payback? Well, guys, that's all my final thoughts and results. I've been your host, Brian, the Hype Ballard. And I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you guys that support me and work with me. And also, thanks for watching. Like, share, subscribe. You know how to do that. And it's not goodbye. It's game over.